Oh. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. Uh, Sean, I cut you off there. You are just about to say something, and then <laughs> I started the intro. No, no you did. Yeah. You, that was perfect. <laughs> um, so we have uh, we have some great stuff for you all today. We have uh, some really good information. Continuation from yesterday, actually. And initially, we were talking about uh, after-action reports, and then we got into uh, some, some other interesting avenues doing iterative things teaching two levels up um, you know getting comfortable with looking in the mirror and understanding yourself that all those good things uh, but we had an interesting question from a couple of days ago that we haven't got to that i, I would like to start with because they oh, are hang on a sec okay hi scott how you doing hey scott <laughs> yeah thanks for joining us <laughs> yeah thanks for having me you guys it's awesome no worries we're uh we're here to have fun so uh, let me pull this up real quick and, uh, we'll talk about it. Boom. So a few days ago, we were talking about getting little wins throughout the day and, uh, winter storm 427 hit us up with this one. So do you have, do, do any, any of you have a time where a small win that you overlooked at the time turned out to be a much larger win later in life when you look back at it? That's a good question. Sean, do you want to kick us off on your thoughts on that one right off the bat? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> but I'm going to take the lazy way out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to refer to something that I talked about uh, just the other day, and that is uh, on my basic para course. And, uh, you know, I was just doing my best. I guess my best was good enough. I got uh, flagged to be the first guy out of the door on the first jump uh, in, in the sense of, we know you're going to jump, so you're it, but you better jump or else. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that moment, and, and it was explained to me in a whole different way. Uh, I'm just giving the Coles notes that are much more palatable, but when it was explained to me, it was in no uncertain terms that I better jump. And, um, and, and so I did. And at the time I was freaking out. And at the time, um, I didn't understand how important that moment was to me in my military career or in my life, to be honest, because um, it was explained to me in a way that I then understood for the rest of my career, do your best, Taylor. And so, um, you know, it, it, in the moment, it was a tiny little, not hardly even a blip on the radar, I guess. But it was that moment that taught me to step it up way more and to represent way more and not to let my team down ever. And, uh, yeah, it was a tiny little win, but man, it really, uh, was formative for the rest of my life. That's, that's a good one. I don't know if I would be taking the easy route, but it's <laughs> a great one. Uh, Scott, you got a point, uh, any thoughts on this one or off, off the hop? Yeah, I can, uh, I can go back to my, uh, basic paracord. Well, and uh, I, I, I didn't finish. I was in J stage and I broke my ankle. Hmm. It was it was pretty severe, so there was no way they were going to let me uh, get on board the plane. So I ended up going home. And uh, when you say it's a small win, I, I, I made it through the courts, one of the toughest parts, minus the hill. And uh, the, the blessing in that was I didn't end up going to Commando. Uh, went to Germany for five years. So for me, that was a, a change in my life. So I was quite 
that was one of those little blessings that came along. I was quite happy with that. Yeah, Germany would be nice. I tried to get uh, <clears throat> I tried to get posted to Germany. They did not let me go. <laughs> but uh, um, everything happens for a reason. That's true. Absolutely. Uh, we also have my brother Bruno. What is up? Able to make it? Nice to see you. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, hey Bruno, how you doing? Very good. You said, Sean. How about you, Scott? You go. Hey, doing good, buddy. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, give me one sec here. I think that it's because at the same time somebody's at the door, obviously. Of course. It's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go and put the dogs here. Just Raj, you do that. We'll yeah. get you after. There we go. It's um, always good to have an early warning device. Right? Um, you know, I was thinking about this as I put the question up, and I don't know if I, if I can think of a time where I had a small win that I overlooked. There were some wins I had that... Um, I, I thought at the time were like they were good to go. I was pretty happy with, but I can't I can't think of one off the top of my head. But I I I blasted through so many small wins without realizing that I blasted through them. But that wasn't because I was like winning on all the time. I guess I was in a weird way, but it was just a matter of I'd never I never really I wasn't used to winning. A whole pile of small ways before I joined the army. And then when I joined, I, there was lots of small wins, but someone put something in front of me and I'd try to crack a home run with it. And, and if that's called a small win, then I was hitting small wins on the regular and they just became not normal, but they just kind of became not what I did. It's just kind of what we did, or at least the guys that I hung out with. And so I, I just feel like I had a boatload of small wins at the front end of my military career. And that's what kind of got me used to uh, not winning, but it just got me used to facing a problem or facing a challenge or facing some form of adversity and, and just looking like a day behind me and think, I, I smashed that one yesterday. I'm going to smash this one today. And, and it just became a mindset of tiny little wins that I just got used to over a period of time. So I did win a lot at the start of my career, but wins for me, not against anyone else, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Bruno, you got any? Oh, sorry. We were going to say Scott? Oh, I just said, yeah, absolutely. I really understand that. Like the lottery, you win, you win $10 tickets and, and $1 tickets and free plays, but you don't always necessarily win the big lottery. Mm. Little wins along the way, right? Absolutely. I uh, I got I got a little I'll tell a story in a minute, but uh, <clears throat> about little wins, uh, call them small victories. Bruno, do you have any thoughts on this question at all? Have you, has there been a time where you had a small win that you overlooked at the time, which turned out to be a much larger win later? Oh, I would have many of these opportunities either within our military career or after when running uh, my businesses. Actually, that happens a lot when you're running your own businesses or you're working. Um, when you get stuck in the, in the rat race of everything and thinking, you know, think about how we were learning when we first joined with the, the basic training, how every day they'd show you a little win, right? Little thing you did right. And then it was this, you did that one right today. And then by the end of our career, nobody was noticing any of those things. Nobody mm -hmm. was noticing that you were doing, because it was just um, a, a expected of you. And I think that um, now in the executive coaching that I do with the CEOs, um, they get stuck in that point too because they get it about now. They're around 50, 55. 
and they're saying on paper I should be happy because I have everything they told me to go and get the house, the job, the this, the that. But why am I not happy? Why am I depressed? And it's because I think everybody has forgotten to do the little things. To I often ask them, so when's the last time you read a book that was fiction, that was non-work related, non-family related, or non-relationship, how to get better to the next level? When's the last fiction, fiction book that you read? Or what is a hobby that you've learned recently that it's not, once again, work related or that, you know, it's going to get you a networking event or whatsoever that's was specific, specifically for you? Yeah. And I think that that topic for me falls into that when you say celebrate the small wins, because sometimes when I'm in other groups, they, they, they have the bragging book that they say, where's your bragging book? And what, where are you going to brag about it? Because we're so at the other end of the spectrum of we're, we're actually going the other way of not, we're going to, I, I, I'm going to say this here, shit on ourselves more than anything mm -hmm. else. So celebrating the little wins is the way to go for sure. It creates momentum. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They're uh, small victories are, are, are crucial, I think. And I had, uh, I'll tell you guys this story from my, my PLQ course back in the day. We, uh, we were in Wainwright and it was miserable and it wasn't, wasn't really one of those, you know, super cold days where you can put more gear on, but it wasn't really a nice day that you could take your gear off. It was cloudy and it was cold and you were, if you had your jacket on, it was too hot, but if you took it off, it was too cold. It was one of those days where you're just like, it's kind of crummy. And uh, we were waiting for orders or something. And uh, my buddy and I were just sitting there on the side of a hill and uh, <clears throat> the, the sky had been gray all day long. And out of nowhere, the clouds just broke and him and I got hit by this sunbeam for probably a good 40 seconds. But it was enough to just kind of warm our bones back again. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we were like, small victories from Wainwright. And that was the theme of the whole time we were in the field for that that area was just we started looking for those small wins. You know, one, we, we saw Chipmunk one day and we were like, yeah small victories <laughs> just and if you keep i think if you keep looking specifically looking for those wins continually it changes your outlook on how you're what you're actually doing out there because it could have just been you know we could have just sat there being miserable grumbling about it the whole time but instead we started looking for things that we were wins and i found mm. it quite helpful I'd, I'd like to just not push back or challenge you on that i just sure. like to reframe the language just a touch just for anyone who's listening I know that all, the four of us get this, understand what I'm about to say, but for anyone listening, I just want to be a little careful with the words. <clears throat> so um, looking for a small win and, and seeing a small win are two different things. Mm. If you go, if you're standing or sitting or you're in Wainwright and, and it's not the best and you're looking for small wins, okay. But now what if you don't see anything? Now, what if you're spending the entire day looking for a small win and you don't now what so so the clouds never part and now you're getting rained on that's really cold now you don't get to eat for a week now 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 and so what if what if as you're looking you don't see any wins so how i prefer to approach it is rather than desperately looking for a win i use the term desperately just to make the point uh rather than trying to find it just let it occur, man. 
just yeah. let it show up. And so I'll give you an example. I was on my Pathfinder course. We we're getting into the submarine. I was a patrol commander and, um, we move up into the front of the submarine. The submarine split up uh, in into a two-way section, uh, top and bottom uh, platforms uh, set up for special operations roles. And so as uh, I'm getting the tour of that, one of the uh, seamen, one of the submariners, takes me for the tour at the front end and said, your guys are going to be here. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And oh, by the way, you might take a note of that. And it was a box of Tim Hortons. And as he said that, he smiled and then he laughed. And that left that left me as a patrol commander and my two IC standing looking at each other thinking like, what the heck? Because we just didn't get to eat on the course. I mean, we were hungry. And so there was a box of uh, Timbits there. And uh, and it was from the uh, the captain of the boat. And uh, he he left them there first. And, and I guess it was a bit of a tradition for every Pathfinder course that the Submariner skipper would... Uh, hide a box of uh, donuts for the troops because everyone knew that we didn't get to eat. And so I looked at those uh, Timbits and, and I thought, okay, that's cool. We'll, we'll hand those out to the boys on this, on the slide. And, you know, each guy got pulled up and got his Timbit and then carried on and et cetera. And so it was a small win that appeared out of nowhere. We did. I wasn't, when I got on that submarine, I wasn't looking for food. I was too mission focused, but when, when it showed up, that was a win. That was an unexpected small win that all of us treated like it was the Holy Grail. Uh, and so those are the kind of wins that I like is the unexpected wins that move the needle on attitude, on vibe, on positivity, on things that Im improve morale or what have you, rather than desperately seeking for a win mm -hmm. and it doesn't show up. And now what? It's just a thought. That's a great thought. It really is the. Uh, yeah, I, Sean, I, I, yeah, yeah, Sean. I, 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 I enjoyed the way that you kind of like uh, stretched that out to really make it clear. I think for me, after listening to what you just said, would be the word expectations. Right. If you have expectation, you're going to find some wins everywhere, um, and then you don't, like you said, you're going to be crushed, which is most of what happens to people. They That's have true. an expectation about, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to make the selection. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to sell that many t-shirts. I'm going to, and then they don't happen. At the end of your segment, you said something like, well, you know what? Like that box of donut that was totally unexpected. And I was like, there it is unexpected because when you go through your day, let's just say that when we've been through those days, right? We're in the field, you're wet, you're cold, you're miserable. You said, that's it, I can't go anymore. But then the guy next to you makes a joke, gets you through the day and all that. And then at the end of the day, you go, oh man, you know what? I didn't find any any wins today. But then you start looking at what happened today. You said, no, actually my win today was, he, he made me laugh. We were stupid at three o'clock in the morning. You know, and then that was that was a good time because I still tell those jokes when we were sleeping 100%. private. Yeah, right? So I think... I think that I love that the way that you took the conversation and you you brought in the unexpected. What I love to do now is because I think you know what was coming up for me when we were saying that it was that change the things you look at and the things you look at will change, mm -hmm. which is go towards your day with intentions of doing this, creating this, and maybe having this happen, and then let it happen. 
because it's never going to show up the way that you think it is. And that's nope. why I think no point enforcing it. it. Yeah. Right. Couldn't so. agree more. <clears throat> yeah. And I think, uh, thank you for the clarification because you're absolutely right. It's, it's more about, it's not so much seeking the win. It's the recognition yeah. of the win when they happen. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Um, any, uh, any further thoughts on the, the small wins before we jump to another topic before we dive on there just the importance of them, just, just that they're important and, and chance you and I have actually talked about this in live chats. Mm-hmm. I've said, Hey, you know what, by the end of today, you and I are going to get a small win on this new thing called the collective that hasn't even started yet. That was back in December <laughs> before we kicked it off live. Yep. And so, you know, just a small win. If, if you haven't, if a small win hasn't popped up organically throughout the day, and if it's towards the end of the day, like Chance and I, I were, it was it was quite late at that uh, point in the in the evening. I just said, "Hey, man, let's crack out a small win. I don't even care what it looks like. It's going to happen now. So let's come up with one now and let's get it done now. Let's end the day on a win." And we did. It was no big deal. It's not like we cracked the code. We didn't. We, we didn't figure out how to make parrots talk we just we just cracked out a small win and it, it's a good feeling right am i wrong chance no it, it was awesome it, and actually it helped quite a bit because we were uh as the group of us i can't say all of us because you weren't involved in this one, <laughs> myself and uh zach we were thinking we were already in tomorrow mm. we were already like yeah we'll get okay we'll work on this in the morning and we'll get this done and blah blah, blah and all that stuff and you were absolutely correct in like Let's smash out something right now. Right so now. That we can go get that. We can get that check mark. Like, yes, we have accomplished this and it's a good win. Solid. And then we can move into tomorrow. And uh, it's always good to bring yourself back into the right now, the here and now, because yeah, tomorrow and, never coming. And for anyone listening, like, don't think that um, by the end of the day, if you haven't organically bumped into a small win that you sit back and think, oh, that was cool. If that hasn't happened yet, uh, you don't have to contrive or or develop some sort of goofy win where you kind of half-ass something and, and kind of think to yourself, even though you know it's not true. Yeah, that was a win. You know when it's a win. It doesn't have to be like full fireworks like Canada Day win. Just something that you know is righteously true. It was a win. It doesn't have to be magnificent. It's just got to feel like, yeah, man, that was good. And and end your day with that. It's not a bad way to end the day. Pretty good. And it actually leads into uh, radical radical acceptance in terms of, you know, you have to accept what is. And when you uh, when you're constantly thinking about the future or the past or what whatever happens, you're not thinking about the here and now. And when you are, you know, radically accepting something, that means it, it is. It just is not good or bad or anything, but it just is. So I think it lends itself to that in terms of finding a small win because those wins happen. Yeah. Well, you just have to recognize them. Scott, you had something? Oh, I think we lost you. I got no audio. I can't hear you, Scott. Dang it. <laughs> uh, he's not muted, but. It it feels like it's important. It does feel like it's important. <laughs> oh man, there we go. He's gonna work on that. We'll uh, we'll have to come back to him for sure. Um, 
It shouldn't be that. Uh, I thought we had it sorted out beforehand, but all good. Technical issues. There we go. How about now? You want to try it, Scott? Oh, I can here. When I was uh, initially going to have my book, I was A little bit broken up. Maybe Dang. while uh, maybe while Scott's sorting yeah. that out, maybe Bruno can jump in. Oh yeah, Bruno, you got any points yeah, I on? So. Uh... How about now? Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah. Still nothing. We can hear you now. Go for it. No, we got you. Go for it. Try that. Ooh, maybe yeah, the camera off. That might help. And it's funny every time I highlight him, he <laughs> or Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it's all good guys now i'm loving the, uh, the 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 conversation that is uh i got him i just <laughs> go for it go for that we'll, we'll try to bring him back in, in a second uh about um you know uh sean i love how you you're using and you're, you're describing it at all when you were saying about you know a win today shouldn't be like the um the 1st of July or the 4th of July for the people listening down south. But um, I think that's it. I think when I was listening to you, I was trying to say, okay, well, what's a, what's a win today? What's not a win today? And, um, you know, as I go and do my training and stuff like that, but one of the things I found that's super funny that Tony Robbins says um, at the end of Date with Destiny, he says there's always a handful of people that didn't get in the last six days, didn't get a breakthrough. And I'm going to a little bit of a graphic here, but he says it's because you people think that a breakthrough is a lightning coming up your butt, shooting out your eyeballs. Everything is like this incredible, incredible experience when you actually had little breakthroughs every single day. You just didn't notice them because you weren't paying attention because you were looking once again an expectation of what it would look like. And I think that you described that again very, very well. And to say... For, for me, the only thing I would add for that was that like you don't you have what I'm noticing is a lot of people like us. We have, you know, the four that's on today. We have something in common. We all serve together and we know we know each other because of the circles we are in and the work that we continue to do. The thing is, is that a lot of people have expectation and. Of oh okay well I'm I'm like with these guys I see a lot of people when they reach out and they say about this podcast about this other thing and what they're not putting into order because they want to do like chance and like Sean and these guys are their podcasts are going well and they're doing all these things they're not taking into account of their own personal self awareness because when you describe something to someone I'm a big picture kind of guy if you start going into details right away. I'm lost. But, you know, my wife is a detail-oriented person. If I start with the big picture, it's too overwhelming for them. They go, I need to know, okay, where does it start? When does it start? What are the, these are all the details. I'm like, what is it going to go? Me, I need to know what's going to look like, who are the players, and what's going to, where do I need to be in all of this? And um, I think that's the, the, the key here is for people to start doing a lot of self-awareness. What's important to me, and I think that the pandemic has helped that, because a lot of people are questioning their relationships, their career choices, their 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 way of living. Um, and I think that comes down from self-awareness of what's important for me. And then from there, you can describe what your small wins are going to be. Because my small wins aren't going to be the same small wins as Sean or as Scott or as you, Chance. Right. Absolutely. 
that's a fascinating point that you raised, Bruno. Not that uh, there was something in there that I've never heard before, but how you put it together there just made me click and think, oh, this is kind of interesting. I wouldn't mind talking about this little moment because what you said was, uh, you know, with the pandemic and people, this, that, and the other thing, and people are trying to figure out who they are now. And and I've all often coined it as figure out your why, you know, get a blank sheet of paper and a pen, write down your why. And once you've got your why written down, now assign a priority to it. And now you've got your priority, seven out of 10, 11 out of 10, one out of 10, whatever. Now you've got your priority. Now go get after it. So your why, your priority, and then action. And so I talk about this on the regular, Chance talks about it on the regular. But what I haven't really thought about too much, or now I am because of what you just said, is this. It's kind of a critical moment in history in a sense. That, you know, there's a bunch of people out there that have just come through this moment in history. And, and, and you know, we all freaked out in one way or another. All of us. Yeah. We went this way, we went that way, went that way, went this way. We all freaked out in a little way. And so now we've got the aftermath of who was I then and who am I now? And so it's like this moment in history where everyone gets to decide, do I want to be cool like Fonzie or do I want to keep on being a goof? And so, you know, like- we Always all get, Fonzie. Always, always Fonzie, Fonzie, man. <laughs> always Fonzie. And so, you know, we all get a, get a moment to decide if we want to drive towards, because it's a new moment where people are newly thinking about, oh, I kind of blew it a little bit but I want to do it right now. And what does right look like to me? And so right looks like, you know, just aligning with cool people and doing fun things that are positive. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows that. It's just that if you're listening to this right now and you're looking for a reset, maybe you made some mistakes in the past. I have, we all have. If you made some mistakes in the past, it doesn't mean that you got to make mistakes for the rest of your life or the mistakes that you made in the past don't mean that you can't change it all in a split second today. Don't be that. Be this. Move forward. Move move forward positively in maybe a new way that is awesome. And so I kind of dig what we're doing right now, having these kind of conversations where if anyone's listening, don't feel like you're you're stuck in a tiny little box of your own making. Kick a box wall down and go step out into a different sort of light and and Look at life in a new light, in a new way, and align yourself with cool people who are doing fun things and start enjoying life in a in a whole fresh set of eyeballs. That would be my point. And, and that's beautiful, Sean, because what you just said uh, uh, is, is right on point. But let me kind of like throw this back at the, the people that are listening to us. Most of the question we probably, the four of us, get a lot is, where do I start, right? What are the little increments? Because we are talking about little wins. And like I said, some people will say, hey, Bruno, um, I'm not in shape anymore, man. I haven't ran a 10K since I left the battalion. And I'm like, why would you want to run a 10K, right? <laughs> like we we had to do it back then because it was part of the job. And it, it was, you know, you need to be fit. Now today you can be fit without having to carry 85 pounds on your back and doing silly things, up he sees me down or whatever, right? So that's, it's about to them, all they were thinking about is that how can I run my 10K in under 50 minutes again? Or how come, how can I get back on the ice? Or how can, and I'm like, dude, pick one thing, 
Let's start with that one, which is the one right now. Like you said earlier, let's prioritize those goals. Let's see which one right now I can affect and which one that will make the biggest change. So maybe create um, some momentums because some would be like losing 30 pounds would be contrast of a lot. But then if you say, well, what if I start answering some emails or something like that, which these ones would give you momentum because they're small little tasks that can be done right now and creates that momentum, which then you say, okay, once I've done all of this and I've relieved this stress off my plate, now I can jump on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what came up for me when you were saying about that. Where do we start? Which is the biggest question. Where do I start? Bruno? I'm just in pain and I want the pain to start to start to stop or, you know, I'm constantly yelling at VAC or I'm doing this. What can I do? And I said, okay, well, See, you served in the military, and for how many years, 10, 15, 20 years, you were told what to do. Now, let me reverse that for you. What do you want to do, man? What do you want, where, what do, you want to do? You get to sure. choose and pick. So where do you want to start? And I think that it's not just our veterans. It's not just our brothers and sisters that we serve to. Guys, it's CEOs of companies. They do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They get to a certain point where their skills no longer serves them, the Peter Principle. Right. Not to the extreme, but the Peter principle. And then they go, what do I do now? What now? Right. Vets say what now? Yeah. And then the CEOs say the same thing. What now, Bruno? I've got the company. I've got the family. I've got the three houses. I've got the cars. I've got a vacation. What now? Do you know what they don't have? Satisfaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fulfillment. Fulfillment and growth Mm -hmm. that's not career driven. Personal growth that is not in part of relationships or like personal growth. Like right now I'm doing my Kundalini yoga teacher training and sound bowls. Mm. If you were to ask me that when I left, you know, the military that I'd be doing yoga and sound bowls and psychedelics (laughs) and the whole thing, you'd be like, (laughs) you're crazy, but I shake your head. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. I, I, I heard this great line once that was, um, you know, uh, the CEO talking and he was saying, okay, I've done 30 years in business. I've done, uh, the family, I've done all these things. And now it's time for me to retire. And I don't like golf. Now what? Because <laughs> like, there's, there's kind of a standard answer to that, right? For most, the, the stereotypical answer from business is, oh, well, now that you're out, you can go sailing or you can, you know, play golf all the time, or you can do whatever and you can relax. But people who get to that level of you know the pointy end of the the spear of any free uh of any lane they don't want to just sit around they don't want to just sit around and do nothing nobody nobody gets to the pinnacle of whatever job they're doing and then goes cool and just like (laughs) well actually actually what they don't want to do is they don't want to think about it i know Mm because i've worked with them i've worked for them i've worked alongside of them but Whatever. I've done a bunch of things with people who have high net worth and, and have roles that are considered to be CEO-ish. And by the way, some of the most uh, some of the most ill-balanced people I've ever met. And and the, the reality is they hyper focus on a singular track. They're and, and I'm generalizing now. I'm, I'm not gonna say that all CEOs are like this or all blah 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 or like this high net worthers, but they're dysfunctional as a generalization. They don't understand what to do on day one after the retirement because they've never given it a thought because they're ill-balanced. And so 
You know who's like when, that. When John? that moment, when that moment comes out, when that when that moment happens, just like any soldier who retires, day after they retire on day one of veteranism, they're ill balanced, and mm -hmm. it's because of uh, a number of things. One would be institutionally, uh, no one was hanging out with that CEO saying, "Hey, bro." Uh, guess what? It's all about to change tomorrow because you've never given life a thought. Uh, and so no one's hanging out with that uh, guy or girl who's a CEO to squirm away and, and say, you're in for a world of hurt. You're in for a world of surprise uh, because that's just not the way it works out there. And then in the military, uh, you know, we all kind of mm, in, in a dark humor sort of way, we all kind of laugh about how, uh, you know, the food that you get fed. Uh, is so bad that it's time to perfectly kill you when you retire. And so, you know, that's kind of the the sort of dark humor within the military. Uh, but the reality is that the system kind of kills you in a way because no one talks about it. Mm -hmm. It's it's treated like uh, the inevitable is going to happen, but we're not going to talk about the inevitable. And when the inevitable happens, you're on your own, pal. Go figure it out. And so that's obviously a problem. And, and all of the folks that are out there who've already faced these kind of things, all of the veterans who've been retired for one year, 10 years, 20 years, whatever the case is, they're not talking about it with the guys who are just about to retire because no one was communicating well in the military. No one is communicating well within the CEO world. And all of the, all of the communication that needs to happen nowadays is actually happening if you look in the right places. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't happening a decade ago. It's easy yeah. to find it now if you go looking. You don't have to be, you don't have to be painted into a tiny little corner when you retire and think, now what? It doesn't have to be that way. You've just got to go get in front of it before you face that retirement. And I think you're right, uh, Sean, because that's I think there's a little bit, like you said, it's it's a little bit better. But, you know, um, I, I still saw it when I was doing some talks on the bases or even in the NDHQ. I even had a, um, a base commander, wing commander, come to me after one of the Bell Let's Talk uh, thing that I said. And I mentioned just that. I said, guys, start thinking about your second career, the second part of your life. Because if you join at 18, you're going to be like 20 years later is not that much. You're going to be 38. And I said, I know we were sold something that we're going to retire and play golf and do these things. The people that are struggling the most are the chief, the sergeant majors, the people that have done 20 plus year and have been institutionalized and are still on the dream of, uh, you know what? Like me, what opened my eyes was that when I was sitting around the, the, the lunch table and the guys were going, oh, just two more years, man, and I'm going to be pumping gas or two more years, I'm going to be a greeter at Walmart. Until mm -hmm. one day I was like, guys, you gave 20, 30 years of your life to your country and the best you can come up is greeter at Walmart. I think that there's a bigger conversation that needs to happen here, which is what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Because that's what's starting now tomorrow. Right. Yeah. That's starting tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you their wives and everybody that hasn't seen them, that's been living alone for 30 years because they were traveling the world and doing the job, come home and say, who are you? complete strangers so now that's relationship they never worked on that's family stuff they never worked on they never worked on hobbies or you know created a plan of being busy after this and then it's just a big shit storm and then they reach out and they go bruno bruno i need to start a business or i need to go back to work or how do i put in a claim and those are chiefs those yeah. are people that have been in for a while so i think it's conversation 
and just recently uh, we lost a friend, um, a diver, and um, Pat Molden. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, people were kind of reaching out and seeing what's happening and ask some uh, some advice about charities. And so I helped out, and um, and then I was still talking to the coxswain there, who's a really great guy, about that gap, that specific gap. And I said, you know, you should invite people like myself or other people to come and talk to the boys and have a conversation about a few things that happens at the minute you cross that front gate. That's it. Nobody's checking in on you. Nobody's going to call and everything. And I said, no, no, Bruno, we're tight. Now, have you called anybody that's left? Just do a personal test. Have you called anybody from your unit that has left? No. Well, no. They're, they're not. They're not going to call you. Nobody's going to get the job needs to, the machine needs to keep on rolling. So yeah. you're, those are the kind of like the biggest shock that I would have, you know, you're going to be in pain. You're going to be, having to fight with Veterans Affairs, and then nobody's going to check in on you, so you're going to have to find your new tribe, which is what you guys are creating, right? The availability of veterans to just, hey, what do you like? Whether it's T-shirts, motorcycles, you know, being on boards for PTSD or chronic pain or being at, you know, can practice, doing the walk for veterans, whatever it is that floats your boat that gets you to connect with people that are like you, that are doing something, right, other than... 10 grams a day and playing call of duty with drinking monsters. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to be able to be around people that are driven that way. And I think that's once again, tr finding the, there's tons of them, tons of, yeah. of teams and groups. And that you know, can, I, I, I was telling my, my son this the other, uh, yesterday, actually, I was like, you know what the greatest thing about being an adult is you get to do whatever you want. And you know what the worst thing about being an adult is you get to do whatever you want. <laughs> there's no one checking on you if i want to sit on the couch eating cheetos all day i can like nothing's stopping me from doing that except this guy at this point right back in the day sure you'd have you know your sergeant would come kick you out of the shacks and say let's go we got work to do not anymore not anymore it's all you once you're out it's all you scott we got how's uh your audio working is that uh good to go now <laughs> I'm hoping it's, oh uh, no, <laughs> I still can't hear you. Sounds Dang. amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dang. Dang, Scott, that's a bummer. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'll throw this in since, you know, this is, this is what this show does. This is what this podcast is. It's the tangent podcast. Yeah. It, it is the start with the question yeah, I mean. and see where it goes podcast. So uh, you'd mentioned, you know, you, you do 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you get out of the military and then what? Well, that's the classic case of it wasn't an ambush. You know, you, you knew it was coming. And if you didn't do any homework before you got out, now what? You're on day one of the rest of your life, a new life. And so I was that. I mean, one morning I was wearing my black uh, ninja outfit from JTF2 sitting at my desk as a warrant officer, team warrant officer. And then that afternoon I was a civilian driving down the highway with uh, not greasy hair yet, but heading in that direction. And no one knew me. I didn't even know myself on the streets of the civilian world. And so, you know, that was 25 years ago. I've been working for myself for 25 years. And so it's tricky, man. And 25 years later, I'm still figuring things out. I do it better, way better now. But on day one, you can guarantee I wasn't doing it well. I was doing my best, but it wasn't easy because guess what? 
There was no one else out there, man. There was no other JTF2 warrant officer who just got out, who had some pro tips for me. There was me on my own, not reaching out to anyone with no other signposts out there, guaranteed. And so I just had to figure it out and it was not easy. But here's the thing. If there would have been someone that I could have looked at and thought, that dude squared away, he can help me out. You can freaking guarantee that I would have recruited him as an asset. I mean, as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that's what I'm saying right now is if you're, and I've been saying it for a while, and that's kind of why we're doing this whole, the collective thing is, you know, I'm not a big deal. Chance isn't a big deal. You two aren't a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But once we start putting our heads together and talking, that's when it becomes a big deal, man. It's not about the individual who's chirping me right now or who's going to chirp next, whoever. It's about the four of us talking about common themes that we have some experience in, some lessons learned, some sort of guiding principles that, that will be different from guy to guy, but are generally themed in the way of how to do a positive lifestyle change in a better way through all of the mistakes that we've made ourselves personally, which everyone out there will face themselves if they're going to try to do it alone. You don't have to. Just, just take a moment, take a deep breath, sit back and think, do I want to try to figure it all out and face all of the problems by myself? Or do I just want to like shoot a dude an email and say, hey, man, uh, Hey, Bruno, I was listening to you today over on The Collective, and you said dot, dot, dot. Could you maybe dot, dot, dot? That's how it begins. Just start a conversation. That's exactly how it goes, actually. I've never, one, turned an, didn't answer an email no matter what was going on or connected that person or whatever, right? And, um, and then no subject is too taboo when it comes to, you know, when somebody needs a hand because you're right, Sean, we, we're just going to... Uh, pull back and isolate and go, I can figure it out, this out, or nobody gets me, or, um, you know, I, I want to do it a certain way. I see it when veterans start their own businesses and they're like, oh, this is my baby or this is my thing. And I don't want anybody and anybody else to touch it because mm -hmm. whatever. Right. And then I think that's what uh, I've found is that, you know, if we would get together, like we are doing here and start having these conversation, the ability to be able to be vulnerable and to ask a question. I think I started learning and growing the most when I started to say, I don't know, but I'm willing to have a look, right? I'm willing to figure it out, right? So if we have somebody writes a question in here and it's something that I don't know too much of, I'll be the first to admit, and that has opened way more door than when I tried to fake it. I go, you know what? I'm not, I'm not too familiar with this. I've maybe heard of it or something like this, but I'm willing to learn or to find how it works or what is it that you need, because that I know I'm capable of, right? To trying to figure out, take something, figure it out, and then do it. Yeah. One, one thing that I find is uh, detrimental to that path of getting better is believing that you're special. My problems are so special. <laughs> the, the, problems, the problems that I've got are way different than your problems because my problems are special problems. There's special problems that you'll never face because my problems are so special. I'm special. Yeah. But here's the reality. Complex I'm, PTSD. I, I mean, I can tell myself that uh, uh, I was special. And, and I mean, holy moly, my career actually started with special operations. 
So it was actually in the title of my career that I was supposed to be special. But when you leave the military, you ain't special, bro. Mm -mm. It, your problems ain't special. Your career wasn't special. What you did wasn't special unless you live in the past. And if you want to live in the present moment, you ain't that special, nor are your problems, because they've all been done all before you ever took your first breath. All the problems that you're facing have been faced by most of humanity well before you became a twinkle in anyone's eye. And so the special problems that you think you have aren't that special. And you believing that you're a special human being, you're not that special. Everyone around you has got problems and everyone around you has solutions. You've just got to connect with other people to figure out how special your problems are or aren't and how special you are or aren't. And once you've got a sense of contextualized, who am I in respect to everyone around me? Now you can get on with addressing things, the positives and the negatives. Then you can sit back and take a more fuller understanding of who you are out of the military versus in the military. Get to know cool people, hang out with them a bit and, and see what kind of specials you have. And you might be surprised that it's not that special. We all have special problems. You know, <clears throat> what's kind of funny actually in this, uh, we got a comment before we went live uh, from a 4-1 Alpha and it says, it strikes me as peculiar that you refer to yourself as the collective. As from my observations, your primary focus seems to be on dressing personal obstacles and promoting personal growth. <clears throat> and I, I, I was going to bring this up, but we naturally just kind of came across it, which is what we just been talking about is the fact that the collective has the answers to all of the personal problems. You just have to ask around. <laughs> That's about it. Um, I'm going to try this one more time. Collective problems, baby. That's We're it. all facing them. Yep. Uh, Scott, let's try you one more time. <laughs> let's see if we can get you in here. How's it sound? Okay, how's that? Hey, we got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we got like 30 minutes worth of thoughts to bring us up. <laughs> bring us up hey, sorry. And... You're like a magician. <laughs> sorry about your luck, guys, but I'm going to take over now. Give her. <laughs> Give her. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just trip back a bit to where, uh, you know, Bruno mentioned, what are we, what are we going to do with our lives? And one of the adages I've used for, for many years, probably two decades now, is if today is your halfway, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And the reason I say that is there are so many people that their lives are, are cut short and they've never taken the opportunity to, to experience things. And, and in many cases, you know, like you look at young children with uh, cancer and so on, you know, they pass away at eight, nine, 10 years old. They, they don't know. So, you know, four is their halfway and they don't get that opportunity that we have. So, you know, for us, many of us were in our early twenties when we were overseas and, and uh, you know, I didn't think I was going to come home. There was many times where, you know, the bullets were flying and it was just, you couldn't worry about dying because it was inevitable is the way it was. Mm -hmm. So at that point at 25, you know, I looked at life and I said, well, if I make it to 50, I wonder what the hell I can do. So, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm 55 now. And I've, I've lived that, that adage, you know, if today's my halfway, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Uh, you know, and, and I've, I've had a lot of uh, struggles and a lot of hurdles that I've had to, to jump over. I've had some major heartbreaks and upsets and losses. But at the end of the day, uh, 
I'm still living by that if today's my halfway. So I'm 55 now. I, I don't think I'm going to make 110, but, uh, and I don't mind because the last 10 years no. are usually the worst ones anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll but, meet you there because I'm 59. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I should be you as a pathfinder leading the way. Well done. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and the other thing with the, with the little wins, and sometimes we don't even realize it's a win until it's happened. And you have to reflect back. So when I was, mm -hmm. when I was getting uh, Ghost Keepers published, you know, as a as a, an author, you go through uh, tons and tons of rejections, and it was a daily occurrence. I'd get a rejection from this publisher and that publisher, and you know, it was heartbreaking, you know, because everybody had told me, "Oh, your story is going to be great," and you know, it, it and it did make it to number one in uh, Canadian military history, and you know, uh, uh, um historical biography in Canada to number one. So I was, I was quite pleased with that. But be, prior to that, I, I was, I was, you know, just succumbed to uh, depression because I was being beaten down every day by rejection after rejection. And, and there's only so many self-help books you can read to, to rise above that stuff. And, and so this one day I had secured the biggest publishing house in Canada and they were going to publish my book and I was elated. And, and the, Talks went on for weeks on end, and we were supposed to meet on Thursday for dinner in Vancouver to sign the contract, and and everything was going to be, uh, you know, laid out and in a bed of roses, and <laughs> and I was just so excited to get uh, get the book published. And on Wednesday, the the editor phoned me and she said, Scott, uh, don't come down tomorrow. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding. She says, Yeah, don't come down. Uh, You'll, you'll know on Friday, but don't come down to sign the contract tomorrow. And I said, okay, I'll, sure, great. And I jumped in my truck and drove out in the bush and <laughs> and uh, just sat on top of a mountain and stared out over and just couldn't believe, like, what the hell is going on here? And on Friday, it was announced on, on uh, Global News that my publishing house said it was going to pick me up, file Chapter 11 bankruptcy. So I was like, oh, that's what it is. So there was this, this little piece, you know, where I thought I had been beaten down to the last, to the last ounce of my being on this whole project. And, and she actually saved me from locking into a contract I wouldn't have been able to get out of. And there would have been five years of nothing while they tried to regroup and, and remanufacture their, their publishing house. And, and, you know, the interesting part of that is, is that a month later, I was picked up by an American publisher. And I mean, breaking into the US market in itself is next to impossible as a Canadian author. So here I am, I'm a, I'm a Canadian writer with an American publisher, and, and I'm doing great. So, you know, the royalty checks aren't there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the story's out. And that's, that's what yeah. it was really about. So exactly. And so you just never know, right? Yeah, there's a there's a great comment here that goes right along with this from uh, you guessed it, Winterstorm four two seven, bringing heat every day. Uh, clarity <laughs> happens when you are starving and hungry. When you are full and warm, you lose sight of what you need, and focus on only on what you want only. Strip away the excess mentally, physically, intellectually, and get hungry again. I think that's a great point. I think it goes along with what we're talking about. Is that really you don't it's very difficult to recognize how good you have it while it's good. And it takes effort 
to then recognize it. You have to strip those things away before you can process where you're at. I think Sean, you and I talked about this on one of the first lives we did was like, if you want to go somewhere, the first thing you got to figure out is where are you? If you don't know where that is, then you're, uh, you're kind of lost. <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, those two comments there? Yeah. You know, I do it on the regular. I, I ride a lot. I've been riding for a long time. I've, I don't even know how many rides I've got under my belt a lot, but every once in a while, like when the weather's bad, particularly, um, I'll get on my bike and I'll wear old school, like not all my high tech fancy boy gear, not all my gear that allows me to face any adversity. I'll go out in cotton. Like mm. I'll, I'll, I'll ride in the suck. We're in sucky stuff. So that it's kind of a, it, it's a good reset, man. Like, oh yeah, I used to be able to do this and put up with it and I still can, but man, I really appreciate Gore-Tex nowadays. So, you know, you kind of got to sometimes not only go out when it's bad, but you got to make it double bad. I've, I've said this before, double dip on the adversity mm -hmm. so that you, it's questionable while you're out there, not on if you're going to survive. I'm not saying that. Don't get all crazy. But you got to make it kind of questionable on how bad the day is going to be so that you can really appreciate the good days. You need the left and right arcs. You need the bandwidth, man. You got you got to face suck in order to understand awesome. Very true. Absolutely true. Um, I actually, I, I did this. Uh, my uncle asked me this one day. I went hunting a few years back and it was a really cold um, October it, we had lots of snow and it was minus 20 something out where I had set up my camp to go hunting and my uncle was like oh you know you can just stay you can stay at our place you'll be okay and I'm, I, I brought all my gear I'm good I can handle you know being out there and there were lots of opportunities where I could have just gone into town stayed in a hotel or I could have you know stayed at my uncle's place where it was nice and warm but I wanted to I, I wanted to push myself. I wanted to see if I could, you know, last the night in minus 20 in my tent in the middle of nowhere with no one else, just because sometimes you got to push that envelope just to be sure that you're still capable. And otherwise you'll never know. Yeah. And so what, so what, even if you aren't big yeah. deal, like you're out there until one o'clock in the morning, you put your hands up in the air and say, that's it. I'm done. I'm freaking freezing. I thought I had this, but I don't. Oh, you bust into town. You give it another try, another time. doesn't mean that you're all in and, and you're all in play. If it doesn't work out, then, you know, you're done. You're not yeah. done. You're, you're just learning a lesson for another moment. That's all. Yeah. Actually, that particular, the next day on my way home from walking around looking for elk, I threw my back out and I had to pack up my camp and I had to put it away because there was no way that I'd be able to uh, manage in that cold with the amount of pain I was in and still be able to wake up the next morning and carry on. So I had to do, I, okay, we're done. Call it for this year. Come back next year. It's not the end of the world. It's just right now, right here. I have to, I have to call it quits. Okay. Try better. Try harder next time. 
try try more next time try to figure out what to do next time maybe some more core exercises in between now and then definitely more core exercises yes we did there was a lot of that don't worry (laughs) Uh, and here's another comment from uh winter storm 427 when we insulate ourselves all the time from adversity and the suck we aren't able to appreciate what we go through we don't feel the enormity and therefore don't feel the accomplishment 100 percent. yeah one one thing i think I always like to drop in, you know, when we have so, you know, guys like like you guys that are here and dropping some some knowledge on here. I, I, I always love to bring it back to a little bit of balance as in, you know, there was a time in my life when we we released and I had a couple of chat actually just recently about a few vets that reached out and say, hey, Bruno, do you know any group that does this or this or other veterans than just the the gung ho veteran? Let's keep going war stuff kind of because there are some groups that are still doing that and i'm like Mm -hmm. you know what i'm getting where you're at because there was a time that i was following the jocko and the david goggins and then this and keep and you know tony robbins and you're like yes go 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 and not realizing that rest recovery um reset reevaluate is part of this whole process because there was a time and point where i felt like i was never achieving anything that I wasn't successfully because I wasn't comparison is the, the thief of all joy. And if you're constantly chasing these big numbers, I felt like I was like never good enough mm. at some points that I went, well, wait a minute. That's what I meant about, um, and chance, you kind of said it, you just didn't use self-awareness. You just uh, used another word. And I wanted to kind of point it out is basically comes back to that self-awareness. What is my outcome? What is it that I want? How, what, what is it that I need and how will I know that I have it? Mm-hmm. And I find, like you were saying, the example of at one o'clock throwing your hands up going, okay, I'm done. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with staying when you can is picking your battles and knowing if I fail this one, whether that consequence is self-awareness again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because there's, I think that sometimes, especially veterans, we can be so hard on ourselves because we know what we're capable of. Hey, we know no, high standards, right? Nobody beats me up like I do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And my wife says it oh, to me. Oh, I'll time. go head to head with you on me beating me up versus you beating you up. <laughs> right? And that's that's what it is. It's my wife goes, baby, you gotta you gotta remember not everybody has the same standard about showing up on time, about if you say you do something, you know, most people just say this stuff for fun. Because it sounds nice, or they feel a certain way, which is the actual truth. When they say the yes, they feel a certain way. And then a few days later, they might not feel like that. So now, you know, now you realize that it's better to give a clean no than a dirty yeses. How many dirty yeses Mm -hmm. in a day? And that might be, are you saying yes to this suck? Because that's what you think that, you know, chance or, or, or Sean or Scott, when you guys are riding or doing something hard, thinking, oh, I can't quit today because Bruno or is going to judge me or Scott's going to say something. Oh, ha, ha, you didn't stay in your ice tub, Bruno, for five minutes. The day was just 4.35. You couldn't do it the whole time, right? I build stories like that in my head. I build stories about the guys that I haven't seen in like 20, 30 years that are still ragging on me going, mm. hey, dude, I'm not running fast enough. I'm not, you know, staying in the ice tub long enough. I'm not doing enough this or enough that because I still hear those voices. Well, how many how many of us have... Uh, have yeah, it's good to have accountability, in, though. 
It's good to have accountability. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that like I got a thousand of them. I only need one or two. <laughs> How many of us have stood in the washroom and, and looked in the mirror and, and had those exact same fights with ourselves, you know? Yeah. Because, oh, what are you doing right yeah. now? Well, I'm just arguing with, uh, with, with Bruno right now. But uh, <laughs> about, it was an know, incident from 20 years ago. Yeah, in what he's going yeah. to rag on me about now? <laughs> I, uh, it is. And I, I actually have a, a interesting story about this is that when I first started doing advocacy work, when I first started getting out in the world and I started telling my story and started doing all these things, there were people from the past that start jumping on you and be like, Oh, that didn't happen that way. Oh, you weren't that. And it just becomes this uh, barking comparison. Well, this is what I did and this is what you did. And eventually I got to a point where I was like, it doesn't matter what they think at all. Like even in the slightest, it doesn't matter what they think. What matters is what I am doing and why I'm doing it. And I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier. Once you know why you're doing it, and if it's a uh, righteous endeavor, give her. Just give her. <laughs> well, here's another, just an extra layer to that. Because I do recall a time, it would have been about maybe three quarters of a year ago, where I was getting into this game and trying to be more helpful for veterans and so on and so forth. And of course, Chance had been on your podcast and several others at this point. And some dude who had been in my DMs for some time and who I'd been trying to help for some time, he dropped into my DMs and he started chirping about Chance and, and saying some things that I thought were ignorant. And uh, I let him have his little song and dance moment and then I um, backstopped him with, really? Demonstrate some evidence on that. Really? Because you must be talking about another guy, another Chance Burles that I don't know. Because that's not the way I see it. Really? You're going to say that? That's not true? Or if it's true or not, you're saying it just to be mean-spirited and ignorant? Here's the thing, pal. That's not how I roll. And here's how I roll. He got, he got a double barrel from me. And so, and he wasn't used to that. He was used to rolling up, saying his piece, and then rolling out, and no one pushing back. I never give hallway passes to that stuff. And so when he bounced up against me, bounced up against the wrong guy, he got it, and he never came back for it again. He was put on his marching orders. And so that's what I will always do anytime someone rolls up in my DMs and says nonsense, you're going to get pushed back. Mm -hmm. But you're definitely going to get pushed back if you want to take the past and, and use it for your own personal agenda to distort it into your own personal message that's bouncing around in your own little peanut. That I don't care if it's true or not, any of the things that he was saying, this is what I do care about. Chance is a good dude, man, and he's doing righteous things. And I'm going to lend him supporting fire all day long you bonehead. And so, you know, if you want to be a goof, if you don't want to live a good life, if your game is to try to tear other people down, you ain't my cup of tea. Go find somewhere else to hang out. Yeah, you know, you can, you can bust your knuckles on knuckleheads your whole life and never make a dent in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, 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 my same metaphor for that, Scott, is, you know, you're, you realize that you're in a fight with a pig, but the pig doesn't matter. It doesn't mind that it's going to get dirty here, right? Mm -hmm. They're just trying to get you to be into the pen. Yeah. But just to add on of what both you guys um, said about, you know, in the military, only as good as your last stories. 
And then uh, Chance brought that up. He says, you know what? There were stories about guys saying, no, 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 it wasn't like this. And it was like this. Or no, that's not what happened. And then you got some people. This is what I've seen because I know people have said things about me on national forums and everything that's saying, no, 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 that's not how it went. This is what it did. And none of these people were there. None of them were there. There was none. Everybody had their little piece to, to chip in. But for me to get around that into understanding was that we all have different filters. Remember when I was saying earlier that some of us are big picture kind of guys and other people are kind of detail oriented. That's kind of like I'm generalizing as well because in between there's some of that stuff. And also the human brain either generalized, distorts or um, generalized, distorts uh, or um, deletes. Yeah. And that's why the police, when they want to reconstruct a scene, they need two or more witnesses. Because then Chance might have seen the lady that didn't do her signal or, you know, the guy that ran through the red. But, you know, other people have seen different things. And this is what it is, is that it is possible that you're going to say, have two people that were in Bosnia or Afghanistan at the same place at the same time tell you the story in two different ways. Mm -hmm. We just got to be understanding about that because I've seen a lot of people being accused of stolen valor or of saying, yeah, you weren't there, or this person. And the whole time they were there, especially support trades, mm. right? A lot of guys, you know, they talk about, you know, when you're in the combat arms, but the support trades are there. I, I know because I was one, right? So it, you, you, a lot of times guys aren't noticing who is around there and telling those stories. So that's the first one. And then the second one is, you know, you brought on about this guy had, who doesn't like someone. This, I tell this to everybody is that there's going to be people out there that aren't going to like you. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Sometimes I'm very gentle, sometimes a little bit more rough around the edges when you need to snap somebody out of there or you got to do something. Not everybody's going to be everybody's flavor. Like the way that I coach is totally different than the way that you guys coach or the type of work that I do with veterans. And I think that's the beauty of it all. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then some people that aren't going to like us for whatever reason, right? Yeah. For whatever 100%. reason, yeah. And and <clears throat> memory is memory is fallible, a hundred percent. Well, of course, it always distorts because yeah. if we didn't distort, we couldn't achieve our goals. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, is that we've but it's all not been about there. it's not about memory. I, I I don't I don't care if a guy's got a memory or not. It's not about memory. It's about doing the right thing. Yep. And if you're gonna roll up on me and chirp about a friend of mine, and it's a pile of nonsense. Whether you've got like a the a beautiful mind memory or not immaterial to me you want to be a clown you're going to get treated like a clown move along and yep. so no one has to be a clown if if you have if you take issue with someone's sense of how something played out or or something they've said in the past and you don't believe it to be true based on what you experienced as you were standing there there's a way to do it and it's like this communicate with the guy in a respectful way don't try to stab them in the back by being mean spirited. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, you know, there, there's something that, uh, you know, just spurred this with me is if we look at time frames when you're in high school, there was kids that didn't like you and you didn't like them. And you move down the road after high school and we tell our kids this as well. Don't get too hung up on the stuff that's happening in school because when you're done, you'll probably never see that person or there's a good chance. You'll never see that person again in your life. And, you know, the same can be said for when we leave the calf, 
because uh, there's lots of guys I've never seen again, and I'm okay with that. Uh, and it's funny because now, you know, 30, almost 40 decades later, those kids that didn't like me in school, they're actually like, hey, Scott, thanks for, you know, everything that you're doing for vets and thanks for, you know, having a voice. And, you know, it's it's interesting how how every so often that comes around. So mm-hmm. I don't concern myself too much with how people, you know, judge me today because it's irrelevant. That's exactly it. It is absolutely relevant because yeah. whatever people think about me is none of my business, my man. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly. Oh yeah. But what yeah. they think about my friends, that's yeah. a whole different that's conversation. Different yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, well, if, I'll just ahead, leave bro. this with this um, about behaviors like that. Right. Because Sean was saying about this guy that comes in barrels blasting about, about chance and all these things for me as like, you could say this as well. And, and, and Sean, you played it very well. You let him, have a little bit more context and tell your story and everything. And then you could redirect and say, Hey, well, that's not how I see it and everything. For me, I also think behind every single human behavior, there's a positive intention. So when you're telling this story about this guy that out of the blue tells you that, you know, he doesn't like a certain person, you know, like, okay, I'm going to listen. For me, I was like, what's the outcome this guy person wanted to, to, to look for? Mm-hmm. What was, yeah. What was the, why was the behavior of coming out and telling you this? I think it was because he was looking for connection. And a lot of guys and girls that I've served in the military get to, even I see it in this, um, a lot in the civilian world actually, where people connect with shitty stories because Mm. we're being conditioned and trained like that by TV. It's all about shitty stories. And I think that's either Socrates or Plato when he says, before you tell me anything, is it true? Is it correct? And is it beneficial? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that will stop people right there in their tracks because first of all you're telling them like a philosophical kind of question but the other ones they're like wait a minute oh self-awareness is it true is it correct like for a hundred percent you sure that it's correct and is it beneficial yeah. well and you you know what they say the uh, the only thing worse than the truth is a scandal right so yep that's a hundred percent it uh so we've been we've been rolling for just over an hour here boys and i first off i can't Thank you all enough, Scott. I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate you fighting through the audio issues and sticking with us. It was awesome. Bruno, again, thanks for jumping on last minute. This was a, a great, great conversation. Uh, there's there's lots of really, there's gold. There was gold today just, that was just dropped all over the thanks place. Thanks for inviting me. You guys are awesome, man. I love this conversation. We should do this. Yeah, it was good. Like more often, for sure. We are, we're here. We're here to help. This is what it is. Uh, Sean, any It's what we're doing. Yep. It's what we love. It's why we're doing it. It's mm-hmm. we're not talking about stripping and assembling a C7. We're talking just, about dudes in life trying to do life better, irrespective of our service or not. No one's special. We're just trying to do it better. And and I dig what we're doing. And the reason I dig it is because I get to hang out with cool dudes who like to keep it real and mm-hmm. talk about dude things. So well done, boys. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Awesome. Scott, you got any uh, final points on anything we uh, we were working on? Uh, or talking about die living nice that's the way i love that uh bruno you got any uh final points no this is it down? guys thank you very much i thought this conversation was was great even though that we all went on ta- tangent we kept it pretty in within <laughs> within the bumpers which was great i loved it and i uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to come back again absolutely the open invite for both of you for sure anytime we're doing these every Thanks. day so cool. uh if you got you know, you're hanging out at home. You're like, I wonder what's going on in the collective. Shoot me a message. 
we'll get you on. We can, and we're going to be talking about stuff all day. I'll tell you what's going on. A whole pile of awesome is what's going on. So, you know, just write it down. That's it. Um, And uh, for, on behalf of us, Sean and myself and the crew here at the collective, I can't thank y'all enough for, for hanging out and watching and commming and asking questions. There's some really great stuff here. Um, well, you guys got fantastic. a crew. We got, well, there, <laughs> I don't have a crew. There's a crew. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's one, there's one other. You got, one a, other you got a crew. Dude, it's the Fonzie crew. Get with the program. Uh, sit on it, Potsy. Yeah. <laughs> Chance got a crew. Got a crew. I'm oh, doing God. something wrong. Yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's people behind me. You just can't see them. They're all ninjas. It's, uh, it's right, great. Totally. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, I can't thank you all enough for joining us. It has been uh, awesome. If you haven't yet, make sure you like, you subscribe, you hit the little bell thing so you get the notifications on whenever we go live, which will be again every day. And uh, I'm glad that you joined us as we learn, build, and grow. You're on the collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chima. Carter.